So yeah, this is super late at the time of recording. But hey, I mean, eh, at least it's still Tuesday. There might be only an hour left, but it, it, at least it's still Tuesday. <laughs> I'm not technically late. I'm just later than I wanted to be. Um, but yeah, welcome to Tech Tuesdays. My name is Sir Cal, your host here at Geek Source Entertainment. Um, so yeah, not gonna waste much chi- much time on the intro. Uh, so roll. Uh, roll, roll, what is that called? I don't know, but roll it. You're listening to Geek Source Entertainment. Alright, so, first topic we're going to talk about today is... WWDC, the Worldwide Developers Conference by Apple, is in less than two weeks. On June 4th, we're going to be getting some announcements um, on some of the new software, like iOS 12, Mac OS 10.13, I think. Um, we're going to be getting uh, a, a look at possibly uh, the iPhone SE uh, 2, possibly the uh, iPad, the new iPad Pro, since they were announced uh, last year. Although that one, eh, maybe, maybe not. We'll see. Since it, we did go two years without, um, you know, uh, around two years in, in between the first gen iPad Pro to the second gen. So just because, um, you know, the iPhone updates yearly doesn't mean the iPad Pro will, especially since we just got a new budget iPad that, um, you know, earlier this year that kind of fills the the niche that a lot of people wanted for a budget iPad um, although that could be also reason as to why they would want to update the iPad Pro um, this year because if they're updating the iPad Pro you know or if they've just released a budget iPad that has all the features or the main feature of the iPad Pro which is the pencil um, which I actually don't have but I'm seriously considering uh, getting um, you know, if you have a budget iPad that could cut into the sales of the iPad Pro because it has one of the main features that, you know, incentivize people to get the uh, iPad Pro, you know, maybe you'd want to rebuff your, your efforts with your, your Pro lineup and make it a lot better, uh, introduce some new features to the Pro so that way people still have, you know, more incentives to go Pro over Standard. Um, so there's that. Um, I am very curious to see if the iPhone S iPhone SE two gets an update or SE gets an update. If it'll be called the SE two, um, what else we can expect? What it'll look like? Because some of the rumors are showing that it's going to have a notch like the iPhone ten, but it's the rumors are also saying it's going to have Face ID and you know, but the designs, the mockups that we're seeing, you know shrink the notch so it actually is still proportionate to the SE and it just wouldn't work you would be cutting off like three of the main sensors for face ID so unless they dumbed down face ID to just use the front facing camera like on some older phones I don't really think they would do that since security is such a priority for Apple um 
you know, so we'll, we'll see. I personally think that if they update the SE, it's just going to be like an iPhone 5S with a glass back. So kind of like a 4 and 4S kind of style. And that's going to be it. Um, although if I could make my wish list, it would be I would like to see the iPhone SE updated with that glass back for wireless charging. I would like to see 3D touch. I would like to see the home button, you know, uh, the physical home button made more like the haptic feedback that we see on the iPhone 7 and 8. Um, so rather than an actual button, um, it's just the, the feed. It's just, you know, a vibration. Um, I really like the feel of those buttons um, over the normal clicky buttons that are on the 6S and below. Um, I also, if, and if that requires removal of the headphone jack, I have AirPods, so I don't really care. Although for some people, this would be a deal breaker because there are those select few people who like their iPhones to have a headphone jack. I don't really blame them. Um, so, yeah, uh, another thing that I wanted to talk about, too, it, now that we're talking wish lists here, um, you know, I don't really have a wish list for an iPad Pro because really I can't really think of anything that I, I personally, I sometimes feel like I, I, I shouldn't have gotten the iPad Pro and maybe just gone for a budget iPad um, just because of the fact that I do not use it as much as I would like. Um, I definitely use it for like video editing, like a podcast. That's primarily what I use it for is editing, editing the video and the audio. Um, but really, I mean, I, so I don't really have a wish list for the iPad, uh, pro if there is going to be one, uh, like I said, it was two years in between the first gen iPad pro to the second gen. So there's no reason um, why they wouldn't do that again unless they really want to keep the incentives for their pro lineup going now that they've updated the iPad, the standard iPad with uh, pencil support. Um, so what, you know, if, if I, I mean, really the only thing I would like to see with uh, the iPad Pro, if they did it, would be Face ID and reduced bezels. But the problems that I have with that is, and this is why I actually got a, a uh, 2017 iPad and why I don't really feel bad for getting a 2017 iPad Pro instead of waiting, is because first of all, there is no guarantee that we're going to get a new iPad Pro this year. Um, there's been very few rumors to suggest why. There's been rumors about, well, if they did, this is what they might do, but there's never been confirmed rumors. Like with the iPhone, pretty much around the time that, around this time with the iPhone release, um, we were getting confirmed the iPhone is going to have this, it's going to have this, and it's going to not include this, and it's not going to have this, but it's going to have this. And so, you know, pretty much the surprise, if you're following the rumors, was spoiled by all the leaks. So the fact that we're lacking that kind of confirmation, oh, we're getting an iPad Pro, and where it's going to have this, and it's going to have these features is kind of why I don't think there's going to be a new iPad Pro. I'd, I'd love it if they if they did, if, if actually they, if they really did crack down on leaks and actually did have a new iPad Pro um, coming out. Uh, I wouldn't mind that. Um, but again, the two features, and this is going into why I got a 2017 iPad Pro, I just don't see how an iPad Pro could have Face ID, first of all, um, without having to have like at least three areas for it to have on like the top and the sides. Um, because of the fact that uh, the the uh, iPhone with Face ID only has it in portrait mode. And so it'd be really inconvenient if you have an iPad that only allows you to unlock the, the device in portrait mode. Um, 
I so I was thinking about this, and apparently iOS 12 will bring um it will bring oh what's the word it will bring horizontal uh, support for Face ID. Uh, don't know how that'll work, but we'll see. And again, this is not confirmed. Uh, it's just a rumor. But uh, so it, maybe if they got that working, it could happen. Another thing is to reduce bezels would night would be nice. But at the same time, I don't know if I uh, like that idea just because if they made them too thin, where would you hold hold the device? Like, yeah, if it's all screen like a phone, uh, it works for a phone because you can with a phone you can one-handed use the device with a tablet it's a pretty two-handed uh thing and so you have to have spaces to hold uh hold it and so it does need at least some form of a bezel even if it's maybe not quite as big as they are on the ipad that i have now in fact that is my one thing my one knock against the ipad pro 12.9 that i have is i do wish they could have shrunk the side bezels a bit like they did for the 10.5 Otherwise, though, it's absolutely perfect for what I need it for. Um, and so, continuing on wish lists, what do I want for iOS 12? I'm one of those people that actually really like the majority of changes made to iOS 11. Um, iOS 11 has been, again, I'm not someone who is super picky. I'm really happy with the features we have, and honestly, I just... I'm overall happy with iOS 12. In fact, really, my the big thing I want to see from iOS 12 is just what everyone wants to see. A dark mode, especially for the uh, iPhone 10, um, because the iPhone 10 has that OLED screen, which allows for true blacks, which look really nice. And the apps that have true black display uh, or true black mode or dark for the, have a true black dark mode look fantastic um and two examples of this are uh the apollo reda app and uh my bible actually my bible app uh in its night mode is uh true black and that looks really nice um so yeah i've pretty much just gone all both ipad and use my phone for my bible at church now so um just because yeah they look really nice on my ipad pro i i don't know if i've talked about this but i can actually do everything that i would need to do you know if I like to take notes when I'm listening to either a lecture or a sermon or whatever. So for me, um, you know, when I was listening to a sermon, I would, you know, I would have to bring my Bible to follow along. Um, I would have to, you know, bring a notebook and a pencil. And I always found that I was either forgetting one or the other. I'd, I'd lose the pencil. I'd forget to bring the notebook in. Or, you know, sometimes I would just straight up forget to the, bring those items to church. So now that I have my iPad Pro, using multitasking, I can use everything um I, I can do everything all at once i can you know use multitasking and have notes open quickly brush away notes if, uh, if he's doing more reading i can also easily split screen and use um and, and use dual um oh what's the word like uh a parallel reading uh, my pastor sometimes primarily reads reads from the king james version but sometimes we'll go to the esv um so i like to split the apps uh, or split split it and read from two different versions at the same time and it's also great because on the bible app i'm using i can also shut that feature off where it tr tracks so one uh para one side of the of the app can be running one 
Bible passage, and then the other side of the app can be looking at another passage. This is really nice if he's jumping around a lot um, in his sermon through his scriptures. It's really nice. Um, and then, of course, you know, I can I can take notes easily right there. And it's yeah, that's my primary function for using my iPad Pro now. Is it's my main Sunday morning uh, note taker for sermons. Um, it's great and Bible reader too. Um, another thing. Um, crap, I got off track there, I just realized. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the iPhone, you know, black mode, dark mode for uh, iOS would be great. I think they should keep it per app, though. I don't want to see a, um, a, a dark mode for all the, all, like, I don't want it to be like a, you either have dark mode or you don't. I think it, excuse me, it'd be very nice if... Um, if you could have dark mode as an option for all apps, like for example, notes, I actually do prefer a lighter tone for notes because notes, paper, same thing with emails. I, you know, email I'm reading feels like I'm reading, you know, a letter. And so I like, I like that kind of connection to real, you know, something real and tangible and that's, you know, paper. So I'd like to keep the light mode, um, on that, but for apps like messages and, uh, music and other apps that are primary iOS apps, I would like to see a dark mode for. So I, I, I don't really mind, um, it being like, I think it should be just a settings toggle where you go into settings and you can select the apps that you want to use dark mode on, select the apps that you don't want to use dark mode on. That's what I would like to see. Um, just because there are some apps where I do prefer how they look, in um in light mode for lack of a better term i just and also too a great uh what some apps use is automatic changes where uh depends on the time of day if it's daylight out the app is using uh daylight and it's at the light mode and then once it turns nighttime the app uses the dark mode and i really like that feature um on apollo for example and that's a really really nice really nice function i really like that um so it kind of spices things up so that would be cool um then also to you know um better notifications i would you know of the biggest complaint people have with um with apple's notification center is number one um they're completely chronological um in that Nothing is grouped at all, uh, and two, they're individuals. So, uh, what I mean is, is by chronological, is that say they're not grouped by app. So, when I'm going through my notifications, I will see say um, if I'm being texted a lot, but I also get an email or two in between those text messages. I will see that, so it creates a break in this in this notification how how it how it lays out. Um, so like I have some notifications from you know the messages app, but then I in between those notifications I have a notification from my email. Um, another example um, too that uh, of what I mean by group is that um, you know. I think it would be really nice if, and this is pretty much everyone agrees, this was something that was on iOS 9 and got taken away from I, with iOS 10, is you could, if you got multiple notifications from an app, it would then just kind of bunch them together, and then um, you had the option to then expand and see them all or keep them, you know, reduced. That is so nice because, yeah, they're like... 
um, I don't know if you saw my video um, where I, I did on uh, YouTube. I talked about this on Anchor, but I did do a video on it. And at the end of the video, I, I unboxed my iPhone 10 again, and I pulled it out, and I turned it on, and then I go, oh, so many notifications. And part of that is because of the fact that there's no grouping. So you will have like three, four, five, six app uh, notifications from the same app, and it just looks sloppy. So you got these whole string of, of apps. Really, if you could just, if they could just be, you know, compressed into a group that you had the option to then expand, it would take up a lot less space and it would look a lot less neater. Otherwise, though, also, too, I do think the clear all option should be a bit more prominent. Um, you can select, you can 3D touch the X and select clear all notifications, um, but I just think it should just be a clear all button. I don't think you should have to 3D touch that um, because it's just too confusing for the average person. I, I didn't realize that feature was there until I watched the Apple support video on their YouTube channel about notifications. It'd be nice if they, you know, did that sort of thing where, uh, it, if, you know, it was just more front and center. Um, and then the main thing, too, is the app I use most is Apple Music. And I would like, first of all, I, I would like, if you're going to keep the ugly tab that is music on the lock screen, um... Mm. Just give us reason as to why why that is because it's not saving any space um, You know really It's still pretty big on the lock screen um, And you know the old way of doing it on iOS 10 and before is a lot nicer looking a lot more aesthetically pleasing to have the, the whole album album art um, When you're listening to music and there's no prior existing notifications um, So if you're gonna have a giant tab fill it with stuff at least you know i would love the option this is an option i wish I, I i wish when i got my ipod touch back in like 2010 2011 i wish i had this function i could you know i've always wanted to be able to tell the song that i'm listening to from the lock screen to shuffle if i'm listening to an album or to repeat or repeat a single song um i want those buttons there and maybe even since now the you know apple music as doing the streaming thing and you can like and dislike songs like and dislike from the lock screen if it especially if you're listening to the radio um that is something i wish i could do when i'm listening to itunes radio and i hear a song that i don't know that i like i'd like to like it also maybe a song i really like i would love to have the option to add it to my library from the lock screen um you know di different things like that like i don't know why they it's not there um so, more lock screen controls. Also, a clear Q button. Please, this was there back on iOS 8 and 9, and I got rid of it with iOS 10. I don't know why. Frustrates me. Just a simple clear all. I used that function all the time when I was listening to music, and especially once I got my Apple Music subscription. You know, just because I press play on an album doesn't necessarily mean I want to listen to the entire album. Maybe I just want to listen to that one song I selected. And so if I just press clear all, it would clear the songs, completely clear the queue. Now if you want to clear your entire queue, you have to swipe and press delete, swipe, 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 or swipe and press delete over and over and over again. And it's just, it was such a useful feature where if I, I sometimes I would just press play on a album or playlist and I didn't want to hear the rest of it and I would just press clear all. Give me that button back. 
Like literally, every time I scroll up to see the the songs that are coming after the song I'm listening to, I get a little triggered because I, I see the spot that button used to be and stuff there. Hmm. Getting a little fired up about this. <laughs> um, also, too, uh, the layout of this uh, of this app could be so much better. Okay, the search tab is useless. Like literally, why is there a separate search? tab there at the bottom when you could just move search for apple music over to browse and then and then on say or even maybe for you and then on if you want to search your library um you just add a search function that honestly is something i want regardless of what they do with the search tab at the bottom of the app um you know, because I, I really hate, like, there, there is no search function. They could easily implement the search function like they do on all the other stock iOS apps of just having a little tab that you can kind of pull down and then, and, then, and then select and start typing in what you search for. You know, it's really annoying to have to scroll down to find the artist, especially if you're going through an artist or playlists that you're looking for. Why is there no search? I mean, maybe, you know, why is there no search function? Uh, it's really annoying, especially if, like, it, you, it, sir, you can tap the letter, but that's imprecise, first of all. And second of all, uh, especially if you have a lot of artists or a playlist in that one letter, um, you still have to do some scrolling if you're looking for something that's at the bottom. And a search function would just be really nice. So let me kind of explain how the app is laid out for those of you listening or maybe you don't have apple music maybe you have spotify um on the app uh the primary function is your library the first page you open is your library um and you have the option to select playlists albums artists etc um and then of course the primary featured um the primary featured music uh, uh, right there is the uh, it is the albums that you've recently added or songs, whatever, re playlists, everything recently added to your library. Then you have the second page, which is the For You page, um, which is all the music that is suggested in a playlist suggested to you by Apple Music based on your listening habits. And then there is a browse function where it's mainly like spotlights of um, different different artists different albums coming out in the week and then there's a search function and it's his own separate tab and it and then it's really annoying because like this this seriously is a completely empty space like there's so much empty space um there's like there's three results for trending and then there's your top three um most recently searched uh results there, there's not even a list you that you can view of all your re past search results um it's just the last three uh and then when you press the search tab it you know it's it uh what's, what's the word i'm looking for when you press the search tab it gives you the option to search apple music or your library and you can flip it between the two so if you want all of apple music you can search there or if you want to search just the music that you've added to your library you can do that and what I'm saying is that tab, first of all, it's already a waste of space as it is because it's literally just this blank white space with a little bit of text on it and then, you know, the search bar. And it would just make a lot more sense. They could get, they could make more room 
um, on the bottom strip of the app to just get rid of that and then add the search function for Apple Music, just the streaming on say browse or for you and then on when you're in your library add the search function there for things that are just in your library this is that's the one thing about the app that i just don't get why that it's just very unintuitive um so that's mainly it like yeah those are my top things that i want to see change for music and ios 12 in general Uh, maybe one thing that i would like to see is for the Uh, multitasker a lot of people complain about the multitasker and how on iphone 6 7 8 you can double click the home button and then um just swipe up on an app to close it on the iphone 10 you have to press and hold before you can um swipe up to close it i think it would be nice if they got rid of that press and hold and just added like a little digital home button below where the apps scroll so that way if you want to go home you just tap that and it takes you home rather than um you know swipe up to home going home in the multitasking function i think it would be nice since i think that's what android p is doing where if you open the multitasker you can tap and it goes home i think I, I, I have I haven't really researched Android P, but I saw a, a concept video where it seemed like it did that. Um, and yeah, that's it. Um, I'm going on way too long. Um, so this is a 25 minute segment already, so I'm going to stop it here and then move on to the next subjects because yeah, this is gonna be a long podcast. <laughs> I don't think I'll be getting this one out before midnight. All right, so up next, more Apple news. Um, so yeah, I gotta gloat a bit. Um, the iPhone 10 and iPad Pro, the 2017 I- iPad Pro and the 2017 iPhone, have won the Display Industry Standard or Display Industry Award for True Tone, and ProMotion Technology, and more. This is coming from Nine to Five Mac. Um, excuse me. And now, Apple has won an award for both its iPhone 10 and iPad Pro display. Today, App, uh, Display Week is giving Apple's iPhone 10 and the second-generation iPad Pros the 2018 Display Industry Award for having true innovations such as an adaptive 120Hz display that can automatically detect the content content and refresh the screen from anywhere between 24Hz to 120, uh, 120Hz. For having system-wide color management, Display Week broke this up into multiple categories with iPhone X winning the Display Applications of the Year. Uh, granted for novel and outstanding applications of its display, where the display itself is not necessarily a new device. It says the combination of an OLED display delivering true blacks, million one contrast ratio, HDR to support, HDR to support, HDR support, in both Dolby Vision and HDR10 flavors, in addition to Apple's own True Tone technology, which adjusts the display to match the surrounding light, makes it the most innovative smartphone display to date. For the iPad, the ProMotion display takes the cake, winning the Displays of the Year award, granted to display products with the most significant technological advances and or outstanding features. Being the first consumer product to not only have a 120Hz display, but also be able to adapt the screen refresh rate to what's being viewed on the screen is truly innovative. The ProMotion display technology is enabled by a new high-performance oxide film, thin film transistor, as well as newly engineered liquid crystal materials and advanced photo alignment materials. 
Um, in the case of the iPad, it was not only the best, but also the first consumer-grade product to do so. Hopefully, the ProMotion display will make its way down to other Apple products, such as the iPhone or Apple Watch. Um, so, I, 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 I got to gloat uh, about this. I just think, yeah. Um, you know, every time Apple makes a win, I'm like, yes. I do a little happy dance. You know, when the iPhone 10 was shown to be proven then, you know, when the, in single core performances at least, over the G Galaxy S9 and S9 Plus, like the Galaxy S9 and S9 Plus barely beat out the iPhone 7 in terms of performance with its Snapdragon 845. How, how wonderful. Um, I, I had to laugh about that. Like, you know, of course in multi-core tests, I, I'm, it, it beat out um, the iPhone 10 because it has more cores. Uh, this is what my friend always likes to uh, point out. Well, it's single car, not multi-car. You know, because uh, compared to the iPhone 10, you know, the S9 Plus is uh, six gigs of RAM compared to you know the iPhone 10's three. Um, but I say, well, you know, uh, the iPhone 10 still. I think is competitive with the S9 if, the, if it doesn't beat out in terms of like graphic performance and stuff. So it's still, um, I, yeah, if I remember correctly, it did. It beat out the iPhone 10 or the iPhone 10 beat out the Galaxy S9 Plus in terms of graphic performance as well. So it's, you know, it, it is, yeah, that is what it is. Um, so yeah, I, I just have to gloat when it's like, you know, because as an Apple, as an Apple fan, we kind of get, you know, bashed because we back the big company. Everyone likes to hate the big dog in the race. They, they like to root for the underdog and that's fine, you know, and actually, I, I, you know, I will say this because, um, I know that, uh, one of the people I got to recently subscribe to my, um, to my podcast was actually my store's, uh, Samson rep. So, um, yeah, Samsung makes great products. I, I, I have to say this. I do think Samsung, I, I, I make fun of them occasionally, um, but uh, Samsung is a great company, and I think that without them, I don't believe the iPhone would be as great as it is because Samsung has been Apple's number one competitor in the market. And, I mean, I think it's it's a great accomplishment. When people think Android, they think Samsung. Um, so I have to add that disclaimer now, um, knowing that he might be watching. Um that yes I, I still do like uh samson and i think they're great they're just not for me personally um and yeah and i think uh, samson I, I genuinely do i think samson is a great company um they're just their phones are not for me and that's my personal opinion on technology if you heard uh, my my uh phones games and politics uh discussion on anchor with uh uh lord squirrel uh, i talked about this how you know Everyone has different preferences and phones are no different. And for me personally, the iPhone fits my needs and how I use my device. Um, but that doesn't mean other devices that Android uh, comes out with, you know, like the LGs, like the Samsungs, aren't great phones and don't do things better than iPhone. I will, I will agree. The uh, Samsung is the most innovative phone on the market right now, for sure. Um, it definitely has, has uh, it's always baked with features, you know, all of the features you can think of on a smartphone that a Samsung probably has. Um, and of course now I, I do have to admit, I saw a meme where someone said that, you know, how it feels to be an iPhone user compared to your Android phones. It's like comparing, uh, you know, a Porsche to a minivan. Sure. The minivan has more features, but the Porsche is much nicer. That's how it feels to be an Apple fan. <laughs> okay. I'm moving on from this. Um, because the next part is where, um, 
where Apple failed, and that's uh, apparently uh, they only estimated shipped 600,000 HomePods in the first quarter of the year. Everyone who predicted the HomePod to be a uh, failure is, yeah, they're right. 600,000 HomePods is not that much. Um, you know, so they have about a 6% share of the market, which puts it far behind Amazon and Google. I mean, even other uh, competitors like the e-commerce giant from, um, from China, Alibaba, if I'm saying that right. Um, you know, the HomePod didn't go on sale until February, so it didn't have the full quarter, which ended on March 31st to rack up sales. Um, but, yeah, I just think... Yeah, and just and strategy analytics is careful that they shipped and not sold here. Uh, while the HomePod may primarily be sold through Apple's website, where the distinction between these terms may not be as meaningful for other brands, it's still an important one to point out that even a sizable amount of HomePods is just sitting in inventory rooms. Uh, yeah, and the HomePod's slow start would seem to jibe with news that the product failed to meet Apple's expectations. And I do have to agree. The general consensus is that it's a great smart speaker that is impeded by, first of all, it's walled off technology. You can only use Apple Music on it. You can't even use it as a Bluetooth speaker, only an AirPlay speaker. So if you have a Samsung phone or an Android phone or a non-Apple um, computer, you have to use um, you, you can't use it as a speaker, almost period, unless you have an Apple Music subscription. Um, so you can, I know a lot of Apple users use it as like a uh, speaker for their Apple TV. Um, so use it as kind of like a makeshift soundbar. But overall, you know, the fact that it's limited by that, like, it, it just, it was doomed to fail in my mind. Um, of course, for me personally, I do plan to get one because of the fact that, um, you know, I do only primarily listen to Apple Music, and of course, I do have enough Apple devices that if I want to listen to it as an air, as a external speaker, I can just use AirPlay. So yeah, um, Apple failed there. I, I I think this is one of the cases where you know the walled-off garden you know started to show um, that the the weeds were growing. Um, you know, they uh, yeah, and so. Yeah, it's in, you know, that's one of the things where it's like, okay, come on, Apple. Uh, and also, it's also impeded by the fact that Siri is not nearly as smart as the Google Assistant or, or Alexa. And also, too, it's impeded by the fact that there were certain software ver things that it could do, like stereo mode or um, AirPlay 2, multi-room support, and it just those aren't here yet they were rumored to come with ios 11.3 which only came out a few weeks after the release of the home pod but still it's like apple seems to have this thing where they're promising features like for example ios 11 still doesn't have icloud and iMessages in the cloud or airplay 2 and um these were features that were promised you know a year ago it is like i said less than two weeks until um uh, until ios 12 gets announced according to rumors at WWDC and we're still waiting on these features that were promised uh, you know last year so uh, you know I, I, I do have to say uh, take your time get it right um, especially for something as important as you know texting with iMessages but yeah 
it feels it leaves a bad taste in the mouth that we're waiting on these features a year later and Apple seems to be doing this over and over again this year where they're promising things and then oh it's a feature coming later um like I swear there was something with the with uh, like with the iPhones for example they had fast charging support that didn't come until iOS 11 to point one or point two and it's like you know why are you holding off on these features and or it was fast wireless charging I should say that I think it came with fast charging out of the box but maybe that had came with an update I don't know um, it's just a case of that of why are you delaying these features why announce these features and then not make them available out of the box you know so that's my thoughts when it comes to uh, Apple and everything Apple in these first two segments Okay, so, in the last segment, I know this has been pretty Apple-dominated, so uh, this next segment will be de- dedicated to everything not Apple. Um, yeah, I do, I do, I do want to say that I don't intend for these episodes to be so focused on Apple. I do like them as a company, but honestly, um, I only talk about them when I feel it's relevant. Like, there have been times when there have been leaks and rumors and stuff that are on, um, are on verified should i should say or it seems like stuff is clickbaity like the iphone se2 rumors i've been pretty much ignoring just because i don't think there's much weight they don't make much sense um so yeah uh, i only talk about them if they're relevant to another existing topic um so yeah um i only i try anyways to only talk about what i feel is newsworthy uh stories when it comes to apple just because i i think I, i yeah there's more to tech than Apple, even though I am an Apple sheep, and also, too, it's just, you know, a lot of the topics that I read throughout the week are very clickbaity, so I don't like to talk about uh, them that much. Like, there are some people that will just cover everything Apple, no matter, you know, like, for example, I saw, you know, in regards to, I know I was talking about Apple Music earlier, and, like, there was an, an entire article dedicated to someone's concept of what Apple Music could look like with iOS 12. And it's like, why is this news? Why is this an article? Really? It's just some guy that drew up stuff. You know, just go check him out on Instagram or something. Um, but, so, going into some, you know, other tech stories, um, maybe you have, maybe you haven't heard of uh, a company, I think, called Osic. Um, or OSIC. I'm going to go with OSIC just because I think er, it sounds better. Um, but uh, a 3D headphones startup company is what they were. And after tens of thousands of pre-orders and $3.2 million raised across Kickstarter and Indiegogo for their OSIC X headphones which they pitched as a pair of high-end tracking headphones that would be perfect for listening to 3D audio, especially in a VR environment. They're gone. The company just straight up disappeared. Um, While the company raised a substantial seed investment in a letter on the OSIC website, the company blamed the slow adoption of virtual reality alongside the crowdfunding campaign stretch goals that bogged down their R&D team. Uh, you know, they give, you know, a thing, this is not our intention, and to fail at the five-yard line is tragedy, blah, 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 you know, yeah, and the thing that kills me is, um, backers will not be receiving refunds, 
and yeah and some of these headphones were a thousand dollars um yeah I don't know about you but I'd be very very ticked off with this company right now um like yeah just reading this story makes me feel very very angry <laughs> Um, and I don't even own these he these headphones, I, or I didn't pre-order them or anything. It just feels like wrong. Why would you do that? And in uh, other things going wrong, uh, there was the news that the app uh, TeenSafe, it's a parental monitoring app to ensure their kids are protected. Um, apparently their servers which are hosted on amazon's cloud service were left unprotected without a password meaning the accounts of thousands of parents and their children were left exposed i uh, find that highly ironic you know an app that is like hey you know we're gonna help you protect your kids and we're also gonna leave a server that doesn't have any security on it whatsoever so anyone can get into it and see your kids' information as well as yours. Cool! You know, um, and apparently this was first reported by ZDNet um, and TeenSafe, you know, it, it allowed them to monitor their children's texts, view website history, call logs, contacts, third-party apps, uh, and, you know, everything pretty much and you know they of course have now closed one of the servers to the public after being alerted of the vulnerability uh but yeah eh. why what there, there seems to be more and more reports of this stuff kind of uh, of this stuff happening of security firms just leaving you know things up you know twitter did it um TeenSafe did it. I think uh, there was a flaw with a certain Apple, um, with a certain app program on Apple that allowed the access to view Apple ID. I don't know if it was, if it was an Apple-specific app or just an app that used Apple ID. Um, I don't really. It wasn't a huge story, um, and it was one that was quickly fixed, if I remember correctly. But it just seems like tech companies are doing this more and more of just, you know of companies leaving their stuff out in the open for anyone to get you know to get a hold of um and another company that did that is and it's everyone's favorite company um comcast uh, leaked uh, X, a, a comcast website bug leaked xfinity customer data and a bug in, Com in Comcast website used to act activate Xfinity routers can return sensitive information on a company's customers. Their website, used by customers set up their home internet and cable service, can be tricked into displaying the home address where the router is located, as well as the Wi-Fi name and password. Um, and apparently two of the security researchers, Karen Saney and Ryan Stevenson, discovered the bug. Uh... And only an account ID and that customer's house or apartment number is needed, needed, even though the web form asks for a full address and the information could be grabbed from a discarded bill or obtained through an email. Uh, and apparently ZDNet.com obtained permission from two Xfinity customers to check their information and they were able to obtain their full address and zip code, which both customers confirmed. 
The site returned the Wi-Fi name and password in plain text used to connect to the network for one of the customers who uses an Xfinity router. The other customer who was using his own router did not return this information. Wonderful Comcast. It's as if we didn't have enough reasons to hate you outside of the fact that, yeah, you're, you're you know, a monopoly on, you know, home internet in some, in a lot of places. You're a monopoly um, in terms of, you know, content, entertainment, and, you know, you own Universal, I think. And also, yeah, you just have terrible customer service. Um, like, yeah, I was reading the comments on this article um, where it was originally posted. I didn't, uh, you know, that linked to this, uh, you know, it was, a, it was on a forum that linked to this article. And the comments on that forum were, you know, were that, oh, yeah, um, you know, typically if you want to call uh, cu- uh, customer service um, for Comcast, you better plan to stick around for a while because yeah that's just it's not a quick thing and apparently someone who once worked for a call center or something over the phone would even uh would apparently stay on the line uh according to his own uh discussion would stay on the line for about a minute or two because of um if he didn't he could hear them being hung up on by the people that he was supposedly transferring them to so if he didn't stay on the line then they, the customer would just completely be hung up on. And it's like, seriously? I'm glad I don't have Comcast for anything. Jeez. Um, and then, yeah, our last story is, according to IGN.com, um, P, the PS4, the PlayStation 4, is entering the final phase of its life cycle. Um, this is according to the CEO, John, uh, the Sony Interactive Entertainment CEO, John Kadera. Uh, Kadera, total analysts and investors, the console is entering the final phase of its life cycle, which was reported by the Wall Street Journal's Takashi Machizuki. I hope I'm saying that right. On Twitter, the news was in contents of the console revenue, which Kadera said would be negatively affected by a decrease in unit sales, but that recurring revenue from membership services such as uh, PlayStation Plus would help cushion the impact. And he went on to suggest that March 2021 would be the time when the company would be looking forward or looking beyond the PS4 console and uh, into the future. So yeah, there's that. Uh, I guess if you're a PlayStation 4 fan, uh, get ready for the PlayStation 5. Um, yeah, that's it, really, um, for topics for today. Uh, this has been a longer episode than I expected. Um, but uh, definitely the video anyways won't get get out until until tomorrow so I don't know if I'm even gonna even going to bother getting the video up and running this is why you should follow me on anchor because typically I can get the anchor since it's where I record the podcast uh, I can get that out faster than I can the video because the, the video I actually have to take the audio from anchor and add them to the video so it sounds good and everything syncs up and also, yeah, it's just more complicated. So, whereas with Anchor, I could just record, publish. So, if you're watching me on YouTube, follow me on Anchor, too. Shameless plug. Um, but yeah, my name is Sir Cal. I have been your host for today. This has been a very late Tech Tuesdays, but a Tech Tuesday, nonetheless, because it's still going up on Tuesday, even if I only have 20 minutes left of the day. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I hope you all have a good rest of your week. For those of you watching on YouTube, I guess, um, you know, 
Hello Wednesday already. Um, I'll see if maybe I'll come up with a with a you know a a catchy title like I have with other episodes that are late. I don't think I will. I just because it's just not worth the extra effort. Um, if it's only a uh, day late, so because I may work on it. I do. I we did get a Keurig, so I have coffee in my system now because I wanted to test out the Keurig, and mm-hmm, now I'm energetic. And I have another. And also too, I have another uh, video and audio that I want to record. So yeah, that video is gonna be fun. But yeah, my name is Sir Cal with Geek Source Entertainment. This has been Tech Tuesdays. I hope you all have a great rest of your week. And I will see you next time.